Bringing voices that rise above the rumors, complicating the narrative. A podcast from youth shattering myths about loss and trauma in violence-riddled neighborhoods. This is my piece called My Dear Chicago. Oh, my dear Chicago, how I love thee. How I thirst for times of old, behold, that time is fleet. The fire hydrant, water parks that close our golden streets, the barbecues on avenues and parks and on the beach. In strife, I search for simple words to display how I feel. For we are more than conquerors, yet struggling to heal. We are struggling to thrive. We are struggling to live. We are struggling to find the ease for all the pain within. All the mental deprivation, lack of real appreciation. All the love and dedication turned to fake and imitation. And officials irritating, price inflation overrated. But like, hey, if Oprah made it right, advocate for tunnel sight and never lose your view of light and make sure yours is shining bright. So who are we to fight? And who of us is wrong or right? Who goes on to victory while marching through the night? So standing side by side, looking forward, not behind. Let us search the more inside to captivate the truth that lies. Thank you. Hi, guys. Welcome back. That was Del Shine. Del Shine is one of the authors from one of the author circles named Mafa. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. It's an honor and a privilege. I ain't never been a part of a podcast. This is real interesting for me. But before we kick things off, let's introduce ourselves. This is Tot, spelled T-A-T. And this is Mariah, no carry. And I'm Dimitri, one of the Author Circle facilitators <laughs> at Contextos. Um, I was one of the facilitators at my Alpha Redemption Project, the circle that we had over there at Newmount Pilgrim Baptist Church. Hi, guys. I'm sorry, Dimitri. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> So today we're going to ask you some questions about your piece. Uh, going to kick things off. Why you have any questions? I do. One of the things I noticed is you used, um, you said, how I love thee. What made you use that terminology when starting off the piece? I read the Bible a lot. I go to church a lot. So it felt like it would give a personal sentiment, like, when you use old English, it almost makes something more emotional because people not using that type of language or terminology as often. So it kind of give it personal value. It made it have personal value for me personally. So to call Chicago the meant to have emotional attachment to me. Like it was a part of my family. Like we are engaged. So it was it was like an attention grabber, but it was like an emotional attention grabber. It made me feel It sounds like poetic too, right? Yeah. You said uh, it's like you're engaged to Chicago. And it it does. It reads as a kind of a love letter to the city, right? I mean, you talk about absolutely the kind of the hardship too, but I mean, you talk about, um, you know, the open hydrants that close our our golden streets. You talk, you paint a really beautiful picture of Chicago uh, in addition to, right, or including kind of the warts and the, the blemishes <laughs> um, exactly. of, of living in the city. That's pretty cool. It's like, you know, when you go in to get 
when you get married and they say for better or for worse, <laughs> it's like I'm painting the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. I like that. You mentioned, well, I think one of the phrases that you used was mental deprivation. And, yeah. you know, among, I think it's in a section where you're talking about a lot that's not right with the city, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering if you could expound on that, on what you meant by that phrase. Because that was, you know, as I was kind of flowing with you as you were reading it, it was like mental deprivation. And I, I kind of got hung up on that phrase. And I was wondering, um, you know, I had some ideas, but I was wondering what you were referring to there. A lot of times in the city, as much as people hustle and bustle, you know, grind and all that, it kind of be feeling like mentally we always withdrawn or taking a step back. As much as we push hard to go forward, it almost seemed like, for example, one of the main things that we talk about at my offer, like in the leadership program that they got me in is the men, well, the wellness center that they're trying to build on Madison and Kilda, the wellness center, because it's a lot of mental illness in the Gar- West Garfield area. And not just the West Garfield area, just in all areas of the city, period. And it's like, it's not even being addressed as mental illnesses. People are just looking at people and not understanding their situation. And it's like, that's mental deprivation. That's a lack of understanding. Our minds are almost deteriorating because we'll be focused on. And it's like, that hurts. I got friends that is addicted to drugs and I can't even look at them the same anymore. So it's like, it's different levels to the mental deprivation. Hmm. So earlier you mentioned that you read the Bible a lot and that you're active in the church. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up becoming a part of MAFA? Oh, well, yeah. So the church that I attend is Christ Disciples Baptist Church. Hmm. And that's on 14th and Ashland. And the MAFA program is a program about young men coming in, being mentored and basically rebuild it and invest in yourself because you can't change the situation around you unless you change yourself. The the outside will only change when the inside changes. So I grew up in a church my whole life. My dad has been a a minister my whole life. So I've always been in the church and now my dad is the pastor. So now me working for the, well, working at a church is kind of ironic, but kind of also what I wanted in the same token. So it's like, with the Ma'afa program, we really be invested into our community and ourselves because we are a part of our community. And just like I was saying, the things on the outside are not going to change unless the things on the inside change first, since we are the ones within this community. And I like, I know this from reading the Bible also, that the change needs to happen. It needs to be a willing change. You have to want to do this. So us changing ourselves leads to us doing things for the community. Like we have a fish and loaves program where it's like we give out boxes of food to people, homeless people, elderly people, people that come up to the church, anybody that want it. We give out a thousand boxes of food a month. So it's like we do different things like that to invest in our community to help research it. That's dope. Um, Yeah, I think I've been over there. Um, When you guys are giving out boxes of food, I think you're also doing voter registration there. Um, and they're also yeah, doing, yeah, we were, we were there, there for that, that day in Texas was representing that day. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, and you know, this new community garden and I know you guys are, are really taking steps to get, uh, to expand that community garden to community farming, which is, yeah. is pretty dope. And I think it speaks to the, the stuff that you were just, um, 
mentioning too. So Delshawn, what is your experience or how, how, how has your experience been with Contextos and MAFA as a whole? The experience has been, hmm, it's like, I feel a lot more free because the things, the activities that we do, it make us deep dive into ourselves and take a look into ourselves. It's like self-examination. So everything, like I was just talking to one of my, um, well, spiritual leaders yesterday. I was like, until Contextos came around, I never, even though I did a lot of writing to myself, I not, I never shared any other writing. So like the poem that I just shared with y'all, it's a whole lot of writing I got like that dating all the way to 2014, but I was never part of anything like louder than a bomb or anything like that. So it was like, this the first time I ever really expressed myself to anybody. So it's a real freedom in being able to express yourself. And I enjoy this. Have you grown? Oh yeah, definitely. It's almost as if like, I've been building steps within myself to break through that glass, I guess. Like, cause it's like every time, like different events like this come about. The last time it was the Dear Chicago. And then now I'm a part of this podcast. And every time something like this happened, it's like another breakthrough because the preparation, I guess, that go into this type of stuff, like to write the poem, to really be invested into allowing yourself to be vulnerable, that's a growing step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like we, we definitely saw that, you know, that growth in, in not only you, but in, you know, the rest of the guys in the cohort too. And I think it's a, uh, I think in your, your situation, you know, sometimes, you know, it depends on our relationship with writing. Some of us have, have written and as you said, just haven't had an opportunity um, or just never been, you know, in a setting where we a are comfortable sharing it or had the opportunity to share it. Uh, and, you know, sometimes uh, there's not a strong relationship with writing. Um, and, you know, that itself grows through off the circle too. Um, but either way, you know, I think, and even as a facilitator, I think we always, we, we do author circles a lot in a lot of places. Um, but I, I think a thing that's constant, no matter where we're doing author circle, is that there's a lot of growth. And, and I think you mentioned, too, self-discovery, even for facilitators, because, you know, we're in it. We're having the same conversations, responding to the same greetings as everybody else and, and writing uh, and receiving feedback and sharing that feedback, too. Um, so even for us as facilitators who've, you know, done kind of done author circle before and, and led author circle. Um, right. It's still kind of a growth experience. Mariah, I was actually thinking when, when Delshawn was talking, it reminded me of something that I think you said um, at one point where you said, um, I think you, I don't know if you both had, had written before, right? You'd written before Contextos uh, mm. or you started writing with Contextos. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, yeah, I started writing with Contextos before. Oh, wow. It was mainly um, just writing for a grade for school, essentially. So it wasn't really a creative process put into it. It was just a strict format. And Contextos gave me personally a little leeway to actually think and sit with how I feel about things and then formulate certain phrases that hit people different, you know? Yeah. And Todd, I feel like that's something that's different about Contextos, right? Is that it's, um, I think we tend to prioritize really just like you getting your thoughts out. Uh, we say all the time, it shouldn't feel like school because it's not school. 
Uh, yeah. And I think that makes a big, I mean, it makes a big difference. I also feel like, well, maybe we need to rethink school. Yeah. But it is, is definitely a, a different thing. And we definitely see that, that growth happen uh, for guys who are, for, you know, people who, who join us in author circle. Um, Delshawn, I don't remember exactly when your circle started, but you guys started pretty close to the beginning of quarantine, right? With with Johnny and Lisa? Yeah. And then you kind of went online. We started right before. Back. It was like, I feel like February or March when we first started. Okay. Like the end of February, the beginning of March. So, the, wait, did y'all start off online or was it like initially in person? So, we started off, we was in person. Um, they would come in. We actually had like our own folders, our own notes. And I was just talking to my advisor about this yesterday too. Like when Contextos first started, we had our own notebook, our own journals, our own folder, everything. They kept all our work. Like we, if we, whether we were writing a journal or not, they have us tear out the page. Or if we was just writing a loose leaf sheet of paper, they keep all our work in a folder together so that basically all our work would be stored, whether we wanted to see it, whether they wanted to read it. And then it kind of became difficult when the pandemic, we had to get on Blue Jean and we weren't writing these things out anymore. We were just having a conversation over the phone. But one thing I noticed is that, and even I heard the saying somewhere, I don't remember the percentages, but basically the amount of information that you remember is increased when you both write it down and see that information. So it's like the talks that we were having over the phone was still constructive, but it was a bigger vibe when we was together in person and we was writing and we was talking and we was feeling each other energy and spirits in person. That's a good insight. Um, in your piece, you talked a little bit about the negative side of being a person that lives in Chicago. How has those negatives changed or amplified during this pandemic that you've seen in your personal thing? One of the things that uh, me and my friend Quentin was talking about is people already be afraid of people walking around with masks on late at night. Now, we required to wear masks and you feel me, it's getting darker earlier. So it's like, I don't know, my perspective on what I see as far as stuff that make me feel insecure or afraid of like things like that. Like, you know, usually you keep your head on the swivel when somebody wearing a mask around you late at night, but now everybody wearing a mask all times mm-hmm. of the day. So amplify now because it's like, I got to pay more attention to things that I was ignoring before. Mm. Or just for granted. Yeah, I feel like I've noticed that too, especially like you said, with the days mm-hmm. getting shorter. You know, it's a weird thing just as a black man. And, you know, I'm kind of nerdy. I wear my glasses and whatnot. But I feel like <laughs> I, I, I don't find myself intimidating if I saw my, a picture of myself, right? Um, but walking around as a black man in the world, um, you do notice that, you know, people take notice <laughs> and, and pay attention. And sometimes people seem a little bit nervous. Um, and now that's even more so now that we're all walk, walking around in masks and, mm-hmm. you know, we all want to be safe, but I definitely notice that there are people who take a second look, um, you know, and I, you know, I go for a lot of walks now cause it's just the way things are, you got to get outside. Um, but I definitely notice more people kind of 
looking a little longer, looking twice where they might have looked once before. Um, yeah, it, it seems like a what used to be kind of a sometimes just in case kind of thing. Now you got to be a. It seems like we're feeling like we're we're hyper aware. Um, yeah, I think that's also due in part to us being like not as social. So mm-hmm. since we're not in our regular everyday routine, where we have more time to now notice, like, hold on, that look kind of shady. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I don't know about this. Hmm, should right. they really be over here? That's right. That's the type of thinking we, we're able to have now because we have more time hmm. and we're not worried about our everyday life. And our everyday life has become an online presence. So, I was just going to say that our everyday life is literally transformed before our eyes. Yeah. Like, what is everyday life going? Like, I was literally just thinking, like, this time last year, basketball was just starting. Football, <laughs> like, what the world was go- like. I was just thinking about, like, telling myself, like, think about what life will be like going forward. It's like, this ain't something that people can control or continuously used to put fear into other people because of how serious it is it's like is this a new reality that we transferring into they kind of like contribute to the resilience that like you feel me you gotta have in these moments because it's like mm-hmm. man you you can't let this that feeling overtake you because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be too reserved you might even gonna be involved that's how we got to this point where it's like we're not even communicating for real we communicating just to stay in touch. But like I was talking about the experience with contextuals, we was in person as opposed to virtual. Mm-hmm. There's going to be way less of an emotional connect from person to person going forward in life, just period. Mm-hmm. So, for example, mm-hmm. one thing I took for granted that I don't right now is being able to go outside because you can't just go outside when you want to that fresh air walking on the beachfront you know what i'm saying just driving up lakeshore Mm -hmm. so far like everything is changing yeah yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see uh see what's next (laughs) right exactly um and like you said i think a thing that i like that you just said was that um you know you could miss out i think if you're if you kind of freeze in fear um, exactly. then you, you could miss out on what's next. And uh, I think more importantly, being a, at the table and, and being a part of creating what's next, right? Um, whatever comes after this. Uh, it, it, I mean, one way to look at it, right, is that it's a, an opportunity to change some things, recreate some things. We've talked a lot about growth. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, a pleasant way to look at all, all that's going on. It's a, it's a forest fire that's going to make room for the new growth. <laughs> hopefully thank you everybody for participating in this wonderful podcast episode thank you guys for having us we appreciate it thank you so much for allowing me to be here this was a pleasure i guess i'm gonna say thank you even though i'm like a host (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a team effort we do our thing definitely Mm -hmm. definitely be sure to come back for our next episode, this has been Mariah No Carry. And this has been Tot, spelled T-A-T. And we're out. Hey, thanks for listening to the Complicating the Narrative podcast. We hope you like this episode. 
You can hear more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and your favorite streaming services. Complicating the Narrative is brought to you by Contextos. Contextos uses the power of personal narrative to promote healing and reflection and to foster critical thinking and dialogue to provoke change. 